missing them from the underground command post. Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. You know, last night after the program, and earlier this morning, as I'm reading the news and going through, yeah, it never stops, really. It's the nature of the matter. One article after another, from one news outfit after another, trashing one or another of Donald Trump's family members. Melania Trump, now they want to know how she became an immigrant and a legal citizen in the United States. The New York Times is on the case. We have CNN here. Exclusive FBI counterintel investigating Ivanka Trump business deal. Then we have another outfit here. Let's see. Kushner's family business received loans after White House meetings. Then we have uh, New York Magazine. Robert Mueller has Trump and family in his crosshairs by Jonathan Chayat. Now, I have never seen anything like this in my entire life. Not with any president, not with any presidential family, not with any administration. These people have done nothing to deserve this kind of treatment. Donald Trump decided to serve the American people. Again, we can disagree on issues, and I'll get to some that we disagree on. That's not my point. My point is, it's not a crime for Donald Trump to be president. It's not a crime for his daughter, who he relies on, and his son-in-law, who he relies on, to be in the White House. It's not a crime that he married an immigrant who became a United States citizen. It's not a crime that they've done business in Russia. It's not like they got huge payoffs like the Clintons, after all. And yet, look at all this. It's endless. It's day in and day out, day in and day out. Can you imagine being Donald Trump? You wake up in the morning, you don't know what the next thing's going to hit you, and then they mock him for tweeting. Let me tell you why he's tweeting. He's defending himself, and he's defending his family. What's he going to do? Go on MSNBC or CNN or NBC or ABC or CBS? Talk again to the New York Times or the Washington Post? He's trying to communicate with you. He's trying to defend himself. He's not politically correct. But ladies and gentlemen, neither is the left. Neither are the media. The things they've said about this man, the things they are trying to do to his family, unparalleled in, in American history. Absolutely unparalleled. No family should have to go through this. They came into the office very wealthy. They didn't come into office to get wealthy, like most of these buffoons. They were already very wealthy. And because they're wealthy, have complicated investments and tax returns and so forth, they're being subjected to scrutiny, don't you know? 
by a completely out of control, rogue, not so special counsel who only hires Democrats to be on his staff, who is clearly out to destroy this president and destroy his presidency, who's clearly doing James Comey's bidding, who's clearly doing Adam Schiff's bidding. That's right, I said it. Mueller's in the tank. And I don't need to hear Trey Gowdy, that goofball, with a different uh, hairdo every day. Well, I think... Mueller's great. Shut up. Who cares? How can you watch what's taking place here with the phony collusion argument born of the Hillary Clinton campaign? Used by the FBI under the control of liberals and Trump haters. Leaked to the media who hate Trump. Used to trigger a special counsel by a special counsel who's best friends with Comey and, Ro and uh, Rosenstein and hates Trump. This is a setup. This is a setup. The Clinton campaign and the DNC, their operatives all over Washington, D.C., including in the FBI, this was a setup from day one, as I said last year. These FISA court judges, they don't get to hide under the table in their robes. These are federal judges, federal district judges, selected by none other than the Chief Justice of the United States to serve on this secret court. As I said on Hannity last night, they don't get to hide. These judges are every bit as guilty as the FBI is. They're every bit as guilty as the Hillary Clinton campaign and the DNC. They signed off on these warrants. They either didn't read the material carefully, or they didn't care. There would have been no espionage of the Trump campaign, but for the FISA judges. And they extend it not once, not twice, but three times. Three times. Remember the basis, the probable cause for a warrant in a counterintelligence investigation. Number one. that the would-be subject is an agent of a foreign government. In this case, it was Carter Page, and they claimed he was an agent of Russia. Number two, he's likely to have or is committing crimes. Ladies and gentlemen, the first warrant was issued two Octobers ago, extended three times. He was surveilled for an entire year. Has the United States Department of Justice brought a case against Carter Page? No. Because there's no case to bring. There's no case to bring. The fact that the FBI initiated this investigation was leaked all over the media in order to try and stop Trump from getting the nomination. In order from trying to stop Trump from winning the general election. They... Begged the FISA court one week before the election, really two weeks before the election, to issue the warrant. And they did. And the day before the general election, it was reported by a website called Heat Street. The day before. This has been a setup. If Trump didn't win, most of this would have gone away. 
You never would have heard the end, heard about it. Certainly beyond the early reports, you wouldn't have heard anymore. But he won. And they don't like it. Because for the administrative state, the Democrat Party wanted the same thing in the media. He wasn't allowed to win. He wasn't allowed to win. This family, ladies and gentlemen, is being abused by the federal government. This family is being abused by the media. This family is being abused by Adam Schiff, Chuck Schumer, and the Democrats in a way that I've never seen before. Ivanka Trump is over in South Korea, right, for the Olympics. A reporter asks her about her dad and these allegations about the porno star and everything else, and she's classy. She's respectful. She says, you know, that's not appropriate to ask me. Did they ever ask, ever, Chelsea Clinton about her dad's affairs? Did they even ask her today? No way, and they never would. Never. They want to know about Melania Trump. How did she get here? Why? Are they trying to humiliate her? They have something? Of course they don't. The news is to raise the question. Now, of course, you you raised questions, some of you, about Obama's birth certificate, and I told you, don't go there. It's ridiculous. And meanwhile, look where the media's going with Melania Trump. Did they treat Michelle Obama in any negative way at all for anything? When her mother was living in the White House rent-free, when she took those fabulously luxurious and expensive trips? Never. When she wore those expensive evening gowns where they used to trash Nancy Reagan when she wore those gowns? Never. Not a word. Not a word. Kushner's family business received loans after White House meetings. So what? So what? One has nothing to do with the other. Ivanka Trump's business holdings under investigation. For what? What does she do? Melania Trump. How did she really get to the United States? Why are you going there? You've got nothing. You've got absolutely nothing. Bob Mueller has Trump and family in his crosshairs. Well, he does. And look at the disgraceful Congress. Hope Hicks, a 29-year-old woman, young woman, who's been serving the President of the United States. Ah, look, I don't know how long, whatever, in the private sector and in the government and so forth. She's interrogated by a committee for nine hours. For nine hours in order to beat her down. In order to grind her up. Where's Christopher Steele? Has he testified yet? Not for one damn minute. Not for one damn minute. But Hope Hicks, we got to get to the bottom of Hope Hicks. Oh, yeah, yeah, we got to know what's going on there. Every day, the calls for General Kelly, retired, chief of staff, to resign. Resign over what? Benghazi? No. Fast and Furious? No. The abuse of the IRS? No. 
And he needs to resign. Every week, something happens, he has to resign. I'm disgusted by the whole damn thing. Some days I just want to walk away. I just want to walk away. We can duke it out politically with the left and among ourselves. We can duke it out on policy with the left and among ourselves. And we do. But the Soviet-style tactics, and that's the irony. The Russians are laughing because they succeeded. Because Adam Schiff is a shill. Because James Comey is a fool. Because Mueller is a clown. In the end, they're all doing Putin's work, aren't they? Because it all started with a foreigner from Britain working with Kremlin apparatchiks. In the biggest phony scandal in modern American history. And now you have this Mueller who's operating outside our constitutional limits. And you have this guy Rosenstein, this bizarre-looking, pencil-necked, bureaucratic nerd who's been feeding from the public trough his entire damn career, approving the expansion, day in and day out, of the Mueller probe, quietly. But he's a rubber stamp. You have judges on the FISA court, rubber stamps. Rubber stamps. And they should be especially attentive to what's going on because there's nobody to counter what the FBI is telling them in that courtroom. Nobody. They weren't even curious. And then when Congress, Congress which created this court, Congress which created all the federal courts except for the Supreme Court, only the Supreme Court is created by the Constitution. When Congress says to this judge, this FISA court judge who started it with the warrant, we want to see a copy of the application that was presented to you. You know what she says? No. You asked the president to uh, give it to you. It was his government, after all, that submitted it. Knowing full well that if Trump did that, there'd be more yapping from Putin shills like shifty shiftless about obstruction. We've now reached the point. Well, when the President of the United States tweets and openly to the public criticizes his Attorney General, whether you like it or not, it's not the point. They're saying that's obstruction of justice. When you criticize an inferior employee for their work, that's obstruction of justice? A lynch mob. A leftist lynch mob. And you know who's even more disgusting than the radical leftists in the media? Many of these never-Trumpers. Fools like Brett Stevens and others. They know what's going on here. But they're so personally invested. So personally invested in the destruction of the Trump family and Donald Trump. They don't give a damn. Shame on them. I'll be right back. in. Our buddy Brett Baer of the Fox News Channel. 
a real journalist, and uh, I can't wait for it to come out and have him on. I don't say that about all books, but three days in Moscow um, about Reagan, how he uh, won the Cold War and so forth. It, but it's, it's not sterile in the least. He writes beautifully. It's a storytelling book based on an enormous amount of uh, independent research and interviews and so forth. And uh, I just very much enjoyed it. So, you know, it's just an excellent book. He's become an excellent historian and author, as far as I'm concerned. Craig Shirley writes unbelievable books on Reagan. I'm telling you, I have a whole library of his books. I like it when he signs them, too. I put one next to the other. They're like one volume after another, and I really, really do appreciate them. They're very important books, so we can learn the lessons of, uh, of what's taken place. But I want to get back to this. Can you think of any Democrat Party that's ever, uh, White House that's ever been treated this way? You know, the horrific assassination of John Kennedy. Fact of the matter is, what he did in the Oval Office was so outrageous with women, with mobsters, with spies, and just disgusting, with interns. Robert Kennedy, the same thing again. God bless their souls. But the media would never, ever, ever report on those things. Ever. But look what's going on here. To the Trump family, it's unbelievable to me. The Mark Levin Show, where we create the talking points. Call in now, 877-381-3811. Is there anything like the Benghazi scandal in the Trump administration? No. Is there anything like the Fast and Furious scandal in the Trump administration? No. Is there anything like the IRS scandal in the Trump administration? No. And you notice how the media wouldn't lay a glove on Obama or his administration. This presidency, ladies and gentlemen, you ready for this? Is not faced with a bunch of scandals. It's the same phony setup that they started a year and a half ago. With Russia. And then it moves into this area and that area. It's got tentacles now. It's got tentacles now. Then they talk about security clearances. They move from one issue to the next to the next and exploit it and are dishonest about it. How many people in the Obama administration in the first year were operating under temporary security clearances? Does anybody know? Do you know, Mr. Producer? Nobody knows. Well, why don't we know? Because they didn't care. The media didn't care? No, the media didn't care. How many people working in the Obama administration in the first year didn't secure full security clearances? Anybody know? No, nobody knows. Why don't you know? Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Barack Obama, given his background, his colluding with a professor with ties with Hamas, his colluding with Dorn and Ayers, two domestic terrorists. Barack Obama... Couldn't have got a security clearance to be a janitor, or a cook, or a driver, or an FBI agent, or a Secret Service agent. In other words, he couldn't have gotten a security clearance for anything in the federal government, given his background. 
that he's president of the United States because the Democrats nominate people with these kinds of backgrounds. Look at John Kerry. And his colluding with the enemy. And trashing Vietnam soldiers. Lying about them. In a committee of Congress in 1970 or 71. So Hope Hicks is grilled for nine hours. Was Valerie Jarrett ever grilled for nine hours? She was the gatekeeper. She was the Svengazi. Was she called before any committee of Congress? No. They dare not do that. We all know what's going on here. Those of us who are sober, we all know what's going on here. It's a coup attempt. I said the day after the election they'd be doing it, and they're doing it. By hook or by crook. They're trying to break this man by going after his kids. First it was Donald Trump Jr. Oh my God, he had a meeting with Russians. Can't do that. Went after Donald Trump Jr. They've been going after this son-in-law, Kushner. Now they're going after his daughter, Ivanka. Now they're questioning his wife and her legal status. Leak after leak after leak coming out of Mueller's operation. Leak after leak. Who is this man, Mueller? What is this entity? This entity, this perversion of American justice. This rogue throwback to kings and queens. Who is this? And why should we give him respect? Is he nobler than the rest of us because he hires Democrats? Is he nobler than the rest of us because his people leak? Is he nobler than the rest of us because he seeks to crush people before he even brings them to court? Look at this guy Manafort. For the billionth time. I don't know him, never met him, never spoke to him. I'm not a special pleader for him. But because he stands up to this. And he's one of the few who's standing up to this. He will not cave. He says again, I'm innocent. I'm innocent. I'm innocent. 32 times the other day. I'm innocent. I'm innocent. I'm innocent. He's going broke. They're going after his son-in-law. For some loan in California. Some mortgage in California. They're going after his son-in-law. They went after his lawyer. They went after his PR person. They barged into his home with guns drawn while he and his wife were in bed. He has to get permission from a federal judge last week to go to his mother-in-law's funeral. And he says, I'm an innocent man. I'm not giving in to this. You have to have some admiration for a man like that, don't you? You can accuse anybody of anything. He hasn't been convicted of anything. He hasn't had his day in court. But at least for now, he's saying he wants his day in court. And ladies and gentlemen, if he had not been Donald Trump's campaign manager, none of this would be happening. None of it to him and his family, to his son-in-law, to his lawyer, to his PR agent. 
he'd still be a wealthy man doing whatever it was that he used to do. And what he's being charged with is activities that took place years ago that the FBI under Mueller did not investigate. Or they did investigate and they took a pass. But all of a sudden, he's public enemy number one. Because they want to break him. Like they've broken the others. They want to destroy him financially. They want to destroy his marriage. They want to destroy his children. Because they want to get Trump. All you have to do, Mr. Manafort, is say uncle. All you have to do, Mr. Manafort, is say obstruction of justice. And you'll serve a year or two. You'll eat bologna sandwiches. You'll be fine. We'll leave you alone. Your nightmare will be over. But if you don't do what we tell you, Mr. Manafort, we're going to continue to take the pliers to your teeth and to your fingernails. Because we have endless resources. We have endless power, thank to Mr. Rosenstein. He keeps signing off on whatever we want to do. Your name is now Mud. And this is why we've brought charges against you that if they add them all up, Mr. Manifer would be serving hundreds of years in prison. Because he was Donald Trump's campaign manager. Let's just be honest with each other. Otherwise, none of this would be happening to him. Then we look at committees of Congress. Adam Schiff. Have you ever seen a more dishonorable human being in your life? A man for whom the truth is a lie, and a lie is the truth. A man who will say anything, spin anything, leak anything, because for him it's a game. It's about power. He wants to come out on top. He wants to win. And for leftists and their mindset, power is what it's all about. And Adam Schiff is a superstar on liberal media. They can't bring him on enough. They can't bring him on MSNBC and CNN and meet the press. They can't bring him on this week, deface the nation, and all the other shows. They can't bring him on enough. Why? Is he handsome? No, quite the contrary. Is he charismatic? No, quite the contrary. Is he intelligent? No, quite the contrary. Does he have something truly interesting, substantive, profound to say? No, quite the contrary. Because the media love this guy. Because he says what they want to hear. And he says what they want you to hear. So they give him a megaphone. He's a show for Putin and the Russians. That's what he is. He's a shell for Putin and the Russians. Who's done more to step up and deal with Russia and Putin? Trump or Adam Schiff? Trump or Mark Warner? Trump or Charles Schumer? Trump or the buffoon Jim Comey? Do you realize, ladies and gentlemen, if I've been wrong all this time, that the FBI unwittingly used the information in this dossier, much of which was fed to the British foreigner, the spy, by Putin apparatchiks, 
that if the FBI unwittingly used it, now you know they didn't, but let's pretend, let's play along. That they're the biggest suckers in world history, that they were played by the Russians. The Democrats don't hate Putin and the Russians anymore than they used to. They admire them. The Democrats admire autocracy. That's what they push for every day in all-powerful, centralized, iron-fisted federal government. They admire Putin. They won't say it. They'll criticize him now because it's in their best interest, just as they turned on a dime on Comey. Comey cost us the election. Comey should resign. I've played you the audio before. Comey is disreputable. Trump fires him. Wait a minute. Trump is disreputable. Trump's obstructing justice. Trump should leave our dear friend, the angel, Comey alone. I wonder what it's like being Donald Trump or a family member waking up every day and wondering when the next shoe of a centipede of shoes is going to fall. The next smear, the next leak, the next personal attack. Which family member will be next? Will it be Barron? They've gone after Barron. Will it be Barron? How many porno stars can we bring into this? Sure, let's spice it up. You know, like the Russian hookers. Yeah, yeah. How many porno stars can we bring into this? With Bill Clinton, one Juanita Broderick was coming forward saying he raped me when he was Attorney General of Arkansas. Nobody, don't be quiet. Sit down. Put a bag over your head. Nobody wanted to hear a damn thing. Porno stars? Yeah, bring them in. Conga line. Let's say anybody can say anything. Truth or no truth, it's of no consequence. The point is, the media want to give it a voice. You got this clown professor from Yale. Notice she's gone for now. They'll bring her back when they need her, when it's a quiet news day. Going on and on about how Donald Trump is mentally deranged and they need to trigger the 25th Amendment. Who is this professor? Doesn't matter. Old Bandy Lee, remember? Democrats met with her twice on Capitol Hill, we were told by the media. She was given voice by the media. She wasn't written off as an irresponsible, unethical kook. No, no. We got to hear more from her. Because the president, you see, is deranged. He's mentally ill. <laughs> Unlike Schumer and Pelosi, of course. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Care. You know, there's absolutely no reason to leave yourself completely vulnerable to cybercrime. You lock your doors at night, right? Look, cyber thieves can steal way more than what's in your house. I've partnered with My ID Care to bring you a different kind of identity theft protection that offers best-in-the-class protection from thieves who could clean out your bank account or use your personal information for tax or medical fraud. My ID Care has covered Fortune 500 companies for years. And they asked me to let you know that their service is now available to individuals and families, too. 
Credit freezes won't help you with tax fraud or other types of ID theft. Nothing can keep you totally safe. But my ID care covers you for nine types of identity theft. And get this. CEO Tom Kelly is so committed to your protection that he provides a 100% identity recovery guarantee if you fall victim or your money back. That is a big deal. Learn more and get 15% off at MyIDCare and use promo code MARK. MyIDCare promo code MARK. Or if you're in your cars in traffic right now, call the number they set up just for you, my listeners. It's exclusive. 866-334-3084. 866-334-3084. And you'll also get 15% off. MyIDCare with promo code MARK or call 866 866- Three three four, thirty eighty four. You know, even though I find myself from time to time strongly disagreeing with the president, as I have strongly agreed with the president, and we'll talk more about that in the next hour. What's right is right, and what's wrong is wrong. And this effort to turn the Constitution and the rule of law inside out targeting a president and his family from day one. Trying to break him and break his spirit through him and his family. Sicking a a partisan rogue prosecutor who hires partisan rogue prosecutors on what was a presidential campaign with no collusion. Now, how do we know there's no collusion? How do we know there's no collusion? Well, they haven't leaked that there is. That's number one. Number two, no committee. One moment. No committee of Congress has found collusion. Number three, Rosenstein, in that very courageous indictment of 13 Russians in St. Petersburg, Russia, who they'll never get their hands on. That's how our uh, Justice Department fights cyber warfare, you see. They indict people that, you know, they might as well indict kumquats, because it's going to have just as much of an effect. And Rosenstein said then, no, there's nothing here. Nothing here with collusion yet, you know. You know, Rosenstein strikes me as a kid who got kicked around, you know, was bullied all his life. I'll get you guys back, I really will. I'll get you guys back. I'm telling you, I'm going to get you guys back. I'm going to get you back. So he goes to a great college, I don't know which one, goes to a great law school, I don't know which one, and he takes government work. Works his way up to an assistant U.S. attorney, becomes a U.S. attorney, and he says, I'm going to get you, get get you, get you, nobody looks at me that way, nobody talks to me that way. That's the way the guy strikes me, as a nerd. Now he's a tough guy. You know, I... Muller, you keep sending me these. I'll keep expanding and extending and extending and expanding. Go ahead, go ahead, go get them. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. The Manafort case, though, really is telling to me. Just step back and think about it. Maybe he'll wind up guilty of something someday. That's quite possible, particularly if he's tried in the District of Columbia, where Republicans are despised by juries, which is why so many prosecutors bring cases there. But ladies and gentlemen, do you think an American citizen should be treated the way he's been treated? 
Did he kill somebody? Did he rape somebody? What did he do? He didn't register as a foreign agent? They claim he didn't pay taxes? They claim he was hiding money? Okay. They can claim whatever they want. Many years after the fact, which they never claimed before. Do you think an American citizen should be treated this way, where he has to beg a judge to go to his mother-in-law's funeral? I'll be right back. Do you wake up in the morning feeling sluggish and have to drag yourself through your day? Do you feel bloated, tired, and out of shape? Eating healthy is a habit, but most of us don't really know exactly what we should be eating, right? How much we should be eating and how to properly prepare it. This is why I drink Field of Greens every morning before I start my day. Just one scoop of Field of Greens has a full serving of real USDA certified organic fruits and vegetables. Helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. Now this is real food, not some fake supplement lab powder. Just read the nutrition facts panel on the side. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com and get 15% off your first order with the offer code LEVIN. Now you know you're not going to start cooking fresh fruits and vegetables, so let's not pretend. Just get one full cup of fruits and one full cup of vegetables every day with Field of Greens. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, BrickHouse, L-E-V-I-N.com, offer code LEVIN. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello everybody, Mark Levin here, our number 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. I'm going to hit a subject I wasn't planning on hitting until later, but I've decided to hit it now, because it's a big deal. The New York Times is reporting that the Inspector General for the Department of Justice will accuse Andrew McCabe of authorizing leaks to the media. Now, any of you who've listened to this program over the course of the last year, year and a half, you've known I've said that McCabe is a leaker, that Comey's a leaker, Straka's a leaker, his girlfriend Paige is a leaker, and that, of course, all during Watergate, the main source for Woodward and Bernstein, these guys weren't great reporters, the main source was the deputy FBI director. And I pointed that out to you, remember? And I said, I think this deputy FBI director is of a similar ilk. But The Hill is reporting a report from the Justice Department's Inspector General will criticize former FBI Deputy Director Andrew McCabe for allowing agency officials to provide information about an ongoing investigation to the media. McCabe reportedly authorized FBI officials to provide information to the Wall Street Journal and its investigation into how the agency handled the probe into Hillary Clinton's use of a private email server. The deputy director allowed officials to discuss a meeting detailed in an October 2016 journal, Wall Street Journal report, during which some top DOJ officials reportedly decided against authorizing a grand jury or subpoenas in the Clinton case. 
unbelievable. Unbelievable. So they're leaking investigative information. Information that's still related to an investigation. To the media. Now, what Comey has confessed to being a leaker, what he has not confessed to is how much leaking he did. And do you know to this day the Federal Bureau of Investigation will not release the Comey memos to the United States Congress? Do you know that the FISA court will not release the FISA applications to the United States Congress? The Congress exists under Article I of the Constitution. The FISA court does not. It was created by Congress. The FBI does not. It was created by Congress. We now live in a world where the constitutional entity that creates these other entities can't get access to the information gathered by these other entities. It's atrocious. But more evidence. Then when you add this to the unmasking that took place of General Flynn and others. Look folks, those of you who have been with me here. I told you early on that this is the most horrific example of domestic political surveillance. Probably in American history. The Praetorian Guard media will do anything it can to protect Obama and his legacy. Why? Because they love the man, and they are philosophically identical. They're philosophically identical. Conversely, they despise Trump, and they will do anything they can to destroy him. Anything. All right. Would you like to talk about liberty a little bit? Should we talk about liberty, or you don't want to talk about liberty? Well, let's talk about liberty. Let's talk about economic activity. Let's talk about trade, shall we? The protectionists among you are, think about this last night, are frauds and phonies. Because the protectionists among you buy a lot of foreign goods. You pay a lot of salaries of foreign employees. The protectionists among you do not buy American. You buy whatever you can as cheaply as you can get it. And yet you put a face on to the rest of us, the rest of the world, that somehow you're more patriotic than we are. You're not. You're a protectionist. You're Bernie Sanders, Sherrod Brown, protectionist. You're a Herbert Hoover, protectionist. Over at the Daily Wire, our buddy Ben Shapiro pulled together a few articles and uh, makes a great case about the steel and aluminum industries. The first article he cites is from the New York Times. The American steel industry is doing well. In 2016, the steel industry boomed, boomed, thanks to dramatically increased car sales. Nucor, the nation's leading steel manufacturer, did $16 billion in sales that year. $16 billion. And last year, its net earnings increased 65%. The average salary at the company is $80,000. Most job losses that occurred are thanks to technological advances, not to foreign trade. 
Nucor's stock price in 2000 was around $12. Today it's $65. And yet they come with cup in hand for tariffs and subsidies from you. There's more. U.S. Steel boomed last year, too. In quarter four of 2016, net earnings were $47 million. But quarter four in 2017, net earnings were $136 million. Steel Dynamics showed an operating income of $1.1 billion. American production of raw steel has been more or less steady since approximately 1980. Yet they're making more money. And their employees are receiving bigger salaries. As Cato Institute trade lawyer Scott Lincomi points out, U.S. producers control 70% of the steel market. I want to underscore this. U.S. producers control 70% of the steel market. How do you control 70% of a market and still get special treatment by the federal government? 70% of the market, for all the talk about dumping, U.S. domestic steel companies control 70% of the steel market in the United States. U.S. steel production rose 5% last year in the United States. There are already, as I speak, 160 duties on steel imports. 160 duties. But Mark, China keeps dumping. China ranks 11th. And steel importation into the United States. 11th. 11th. We have no defense needs for tariffs to preserve the steel industry. None. They control 70% of the production. And China is about 2%. Tariffs cost jobs in other industries. Most importantly, employees of steel consuming companies, steel consuming American companies, Outnumber employees of steel companies, 45 to 1. 45 to 1. Meaning that as prices rise as a result of these tariffs, so do the costs for the businesses that employ those people, the 45, compared to the 1. And the market's reacting. Reacting to news of Trump's trade talks with a spike in aluminum premiums. The companies like Anheuser-Busch are reacting. Their chief financial officer said about 2 million jobs depend on America's beer industry. We urge the Department of Commerce and U.S. President Trump to consider the impact of trade restriction tariffs. You see, beer cans are, of course, made of aluminum. So are soup cans. And more on that in a minute. Now, we have a history. We have evidence. And that's what we conservatives look at, is it not? Past steel tariffs have been counterproductive. George W. Bush put in place steel tariffs, as you might expect, because he wasn't a conservative. They lasted just 21 months. Why? Because it resulted in 200,000 people losing their jobs. That's why. For every steel job created, American consumers paid an additional 200000 to $2.3 million. And past rounds of steel tariffs have not revitalized uh, the steel industry. In other words, Trump's talk is nonsense. Wilbur Ross's talk, nonsense. This is the evidence, folks. There's other consequences. Some expected, some unpredictable. Our closest trading partners, Canada and Mexico, they're looking to trade with other countries now. 
They're looking to trade less with the United States. Mexico is now looking to boost trade with China. Because other countries are not going to stand still for this. Remember what the president said in Europe and elsewhere? Canada should look out for Canadians. Mexico should look out for Mexicans. We're just going to look out for us. All right. While they're looking out for their citizenry. And China's welcoming them with open arms. Do you know that China has slashed tariffs on over 200 of its products? Because China has figured out that it wants to replace the United States as the greatest trading country on the face of the earth. And so it's reducing barriers and costs. Despite what politicians in our country say, while we're increasing them, Mexico is now looking to trade more with China. And they're not the only one. And China is looking to trade more with American trade partners and allies. And that's what they're doing. I'm going to dig more into this when we return. Soup. Uh, Campbell soup. We grew up on Campbell soup. They had a lot of Campbell soup. I like Campbell soup. Don't eat it now, but it is what it is. A lot of people eat it. And there's nothing wrong with it. It's a staple for a lot of homes. It's affordable, and that's a key point, right? It's affordable. Well, uh, Wilbur Ross. The Secretary of Commerce was uh, out in the media today telling everybody that even with these steel tariffs, which he is pushing hard, the price of a can of soup will go up less than a penny. Campbell Soup responded and said, um, your steel tariffs are going to drive up the cost of a, of a can of soup and not by a penny, by more. Wilbur Ross is nobody to me. He's friends with the president. He's a big-time protectionist. He happens to benefit personally off of his protectionist policies that he's pushed over the decades. He's extraordinarily wealthy, buying what are said bankrupt companies and then turning them around. But he doesn't just turn them around, you see, ladies and gentlemen, because he can't just turn them around. He buys them lobbies Washington for tariffs and other forms of of uh, public monies that you pay up. And then he turns them around. And when these companies do poorly, of course, they blame the Chinese. Well, I blame the Chinese from a national security perspective for endangering the United States. But 11% of the steel that we use in this country, excuse me, around 2% of the steel we use in this country, is from China. The biggest foreign importer of steel in the United States is Canada. And even that is minuscule compared to the fact that we produce 70% of the steel that we use in the United States. I just can't say this number enough, given the effective lobbying and propaganda campaign of these companies and their political hatchet men. 70% of the steel that we use in this country 
is produced in this country. There's very few industries in this country that can say 70% of X that's produced in this country is produced by American companies. I don't know that 70% of tires are produced in America. I just don't know. I don't know that 70% of our automobiles are produced in America. When I gave you that figure on China, were you shocked? Of course you were shocked. They're dumping steel, they're dumping steel. How much can they be dumping? How much can they be dumping? Meanwhile, U.S. Steel, almost all the steel companies had a banner year last year. Banner year. Boy, are we suckers. Tell you, we're suckers. And then you're told you're not patriotic unless you support massively increasing the price of everything to the American consumer in order to subsidize businesses that had a booming year last year and controls 70% of the steel production in this country. Now think about this. Think about it. Now that should explain that there is no national security issue. None whatsoever. When it comes to the production issue, you know, we got to have our steel manufacturer. We, gotta, we do. Now somebody might point to a particular mill. But I don't know how that mill is being run. Businesses aren't established to exist in perpetuity. Some go under, some don't. Some expand, some shrink. Some are replaced with new technologies, new products, new advances, new services. It's called liberty. That's what we do. So what is all this? It's a disgrace is what it is. You're going to pay more for a home. You're going to pay more for an automobile. You're going to pay more for a soup of can and a can of beer. You're going to pay more for everything. Because if you really look around, steel and aluminum and lumber are everywhere. They're everywhere. And why should you? Why should you pay more? You shouldn't. I've been right about this from day one. The pom-pom boys and girls and the rock cats, they either won't discuss it or they spin it. Well, look, he ran on it. So what? He also ran on deporting people. And now we're talking about 11 million citizens who are illegal aliens and their family members. He never ran on gun control. You know, one of the things I notice about my brothers and sisters in this business, and again, I can't listen to them long because I'm just doing my thing. For them, it always comes down to a default position of blaming the media. Now, I don't blame them for blaming the media. I blame the media for a lot of this, too. But you know what, ladies and gentlemen? You can only take that so far. Sometimes... (coughs) Men and women we elect who we like do things that we don't like. Not because of the media spin or the media is trying to get them. And we know the media are. I just spent a whole hour on it. It's because they have boneheaded ideas. I didn't vote for President Trump because of his trade positions. I voted for him despite his trade positions. And I feel I and you have an obligation to do everything we can to fight against this. 
because it's harmful to the country. This won't make America great again. It'll make America weak. I'll be right back. the Tea Party, we are the Tea Party. Call in now, 877-381-3811. Last night I was on Hannity TV, as you know, and I spent some time talking about this FISA court. And I'm going to stay on this because Landmark Legal Foundation and its wonderful president, Pete Hutchison, I'm the chairman now, I'm not involved in the day-to-day activities, They filed a motion with this FISA court way back last April. And this, to me, is crucial because the FISA court, the judges are getting a pass. They shouldn't get a pass. Congress is an Article I constitutional entity. It created the FISA court. It's created all the courts except for the Supreme Court. And in my view, it has an oversight responsibility, if not a duty, to find out what took place here. And it's not enough for a FISA court judge, a federal judge, just to blow off the United States Congress when she, in fact, has some answering to do for her conduct. Not because of the of a, an opinion that, that people might disagree with. No, because of her conduct. Here's what I told Hannity last night. Cut, uh, last night. Cut one, go. This Nunes memo that I have here, that the FBI could have committed crimes and that they broke protocol? Don't we already know when you don't tell a FISA judge in your initial application, subsequent renewal applications, that Hillary bought and paid for the dossier and it was never verified and the law specifically says to verify it? Don't we know that they violated a law? Mark Levin, constitutional scholar. You know, Sean Hannity, let me tell you something. The judges on this FISA court so far have gotten away without being scrutinized. If you're a federal judge, forget about the FISA court, a federal district judge, appellate court, the Supreme Court, and you know as a matter of fact that you were misled, now I want everyone to listen to this, and you know as a matter of fact that the information that was provided to you or the information that wasn't provided for full context led you to issue a warrant to spy on an American citizen under the idea that the American citizen was an agent of Russia who was likely to commit a crime. And by the way, that citizen, Carter Page, last time I checked, he hasn't been charged with anything. If you're a judge, and we've had successive judges in this FISA court over a period of one year, and you don't do something about it, Congress needs to look into this. I do not expect the Department of Justice to investigate the Department of Justice. I just don't. I don't expect the FBI to investigate the FBI, but I damn well expect federal judges serving as FISA court judges to make sure that conduct wasn't committed in front of them. Now, let me, let me tell you something. Last April, Landmark Legal Foundation filed secretly with the FISA court because we don't have any standing. Nobody has standing. Nobody really knows how this works. And we said to the court, hey, court, hey, judge, guess what? Guess what just took place in your courtroom? Here's what we said. You have the inherent jurisdiction to order an investigation of the FBI to get answers to this. Number one, last April, 
Have this court's order or orders been used by intelligent and law enforcement entities of the federal government as a subterfuge to surveil private citizens and at least one United States senator, we were thinking of Sessions at the time, for political purposes. Number two, did government officials seek one or more national security surveillance warrants from this court as a pretext to conduct an investigation for the purpose of affecting an ongoing national presidential campaign and subsequent transition of an incoming president? This is last April. Number three, when applying to this court for one or more warrants in this matter, did the FBI inform this court that it had apparently paid some of the expenses of a former British spy who prepared the dossier, reportedly relied on at whole or part, in its application to convince this court to issue a warrant? Number four, when applying to this court, this is us to the judge, for one or more warrants in this matter, did the FBI inform this court that the dossier it reportedly presented in pursuit of one or more warrants had originally been prepared by the former British spy for a Washington research firm conducting opposition research against the Republican nominee for President of the United States, Donald J. Trump. This is important. Landmark Legal Foundation respectfully requests the court, the judge, the FISA judge, sitting in bank by herself, that she should direct the government to complete its investigation and report its findings to the court within 90 days. The court should also consider whether it's appropriate to issue an order to all relevant federal law enforcement and intelligence agencies to show cause as to why they should not be held in contempt for failing to protect the secrecy of classified information obtained pursuant to the court order. Now, do you know what the judge said in response to us, the FISA court judge? I want you to listen to this. April 25, 2017. This is Rosemary Collier, the presiding judge. Keep in mind, the judges on the FISA court are picked by the chief justice of the Supreme Court. These are district court judges for the most part. So they're existing federal court judges. She wrote in this little order, the court has received a pleading titled motion for leave to appear as amicus curiae on and on and on. Us, Lamar, on April 20th. Explain that. Five days later, she says... Although presented as a request to appear, there is no matter pending before the court with respect to which such an appearance would be proper. Now listen to me. This warrant was extended three times. That matter was still appearing before this court. That's number one. Number two, the court has ongoing jurisdiction to supervise the conduct of attorneys, the FBI, the Justice Department, before the court. Contempt may reach backwards even after a case has been concluded. In other words, this FISA judge, and quite frankly, was misdirecting when she said the matter's not before us anymore, when it was still before them, and this court, like any federal court, still has the power to reach back and hold people accountable. She did nothing. She did not call in the FBI, as far as we know. She did not call in the Justice Department. She did not ask for answers. She did not ask for an investigation. She didn't call a contempt hearing. Nothing. You know what that tells me? Something smells like a rat. All right, let's stop there. I'm back live. The point is this, ladies and gentlemen. A federal judge has wide authority and discretion to order an investigation and to punish people who defile the court. You see, when you lie to a judge or you present knowingly misleading 
material information to a judge or you omit material information for the purpose of improperly influencing a court's decision. The court has to defend the court because there must be respect for the court. That is the system, the judicial system. What we have here in Judge Rosemary Collier, among others, the FISA court judge in the first instance, is a complete abdication of her role as a judge. She was presented with this evidence by Landmark Legal Foundation last April, laid it out pretty succinctly, given we didn't have all the information, and she's done nothing. She didn't order a hearing that we know of. She hasn't ordered anybody to explain themselves. And then when the House Intelligence Committee, Nunes among others, says to that court, we want to copy the application that was used to persuade you to issue your warrant. She says, well, you have to get it from the executive branch. The president can declassify it and he can give it to you. Of course, we'll assist him. But Madam Judge, the committee didn't ask the president. They asked you. And my question to you, ladies and gentlemen, is why hasn't this judge done anything? Or these subsequent judges sitting as FISA court judges. They're all federal district judges. Why hasn't this judge done anything? To protect the integrity of that court, the integrity of the rule of law. Understand, there's no contrary party. There's no balancing party in that courtroom. It's the government and the judge. That's it. Carter Page didn't have a lawyer. He didn't even know what was going on. (coughs) Trump campaign didn't have a lawyer. They didn't know about this dossier. They didn't know it was being used. And so a judge has an enormous responsibility. They have to be on their toes even more than they usually are in a federal courtroom, in a trial court, when it comes to these counterintelligence issues. This judge blew it, and big time. That's why she's defensive. That's why she's not transparent. She's taken, as far as we know, no steps. No steps to correct what's been done. None. And that is a big deal. And I did the math. Bought my family $500 worth of organic groceries in one month. Paid only $200 for them. What's the secret weapon? ThriveMarket.com, the largest online store in the country, selling exclusively non-GMO organic groceries and guaranteed savings up to 50% off retail prices. Instead of paying $16 for your favorite almond butter at the store, pay only 11 bucks at Thrive Market. Instead of $25 for extra virgin olive oil, pay only $15 on Thrive Market. Thrive Market has all the organic brands you love and many you can't find in stores. Plus non-toxin, home goods, cleaning supplies, and all-natural bath and beauty products. Order ship within two days, and they're delivered right to your door. Get started today and receive 25% off your first purchase at thrivemarket.com slash mark. That's thrivemarket.com slash mark. Look, there's all kinds of services out there. I really want you to try this one. They have really wholesome, good food. It tastes wonderful. And they're really slashing prices. They're in business. 
to get you this food as cheaply as possible. High-quality, wholesome food. Thrivemarket.com slash mark. Prices are already low. Now, there's an extra 25% off your first order. Thrivemarket.com slash mark. Mark Lovin. Greg Lee, that he was voting against a Trump judicial nominee because he was white earlier this week. I'm sure you've heard this by now. He said, I'm voting against this guy because he's white. Now, by the way, he received 68 votes for his confirmation of the federal court, which means he received a lot of votes from a lot of Democrats. Chuck Schumer said, I'm not voting for him because of the color of his skin. In South Africa, the Marxists there, the racist Marxists, have voted to steal the land of white landowners without compensation. Farmers, but others too. This is why we embrace our Constitution, ladies and gentlemen. That's what stands between us and tyranny. Because if men have their way, they do very evil things. Chuck Schumer should be expelled from the United States Senate. The Democrat Party has a long, gruesome history of racism, starting with its support for slavery. It always amazes me when I have to debate liberal Democrats who say, you know, the Constitution supports slavery. No, it doesn't support slavery. But the Democrat Party did. What do you mean by that? The Democrat Party supported slavery and segregation and Jim Crow and literacy tests and poll taxes and all the rest of it. The Democrat Party is obsessed with race. Always has been. And so here you have a man who goes to the Senate floor and proudly announces he's voting against another man because he's white. Now, ladies and gentlemen, New York City is a diverse city. New York State is a diverse state. They have two senators, both of whom are lily white. Both of whom are straight. Now, don't Hispanics have a right to a senator? Don't African Americans have a right to a senator? Don't Asians have a right to a senator? Don't lesbians have a right to a senator? Don't gay men have a right to a senator? Chuck Schumer is a white man. He says he's voting against this man to be a judge because he's a white man. There's something truly sick about Chuck Schumer and sick about the progressive ideology. Truly. And South Africa, what a disgrace. What an absolute disgrace. You know, by now you've heard me talk about Levin TV, our show over at CRTV.com. Now, you might not know, uh, we're coming up on our second anniversary. It's been two years of the launch of Levin TV. And here's the thing. We want to make sure everyone gets to celebrate with us. So through Wednesday, March 7th, we're offering $20 off the cost of an annual pass to CRTV for any new subscriber when you use promo code LEVIN2. L-E-V-I-N-2. 
Now, that's less than seven bucks a month. Not only will you get to watch every episode of Levin TV, you'll also get to watch shows from hosts like Phil Robertson. Yeah. Steve Crowler. Michelle Malka. Dan Bongino. Steve Dace. Many more. Andrew Wilkow. You'll get to watch news, commentary, analysis from a team of conservatives you can trust. Switch to the only network that was specifically created to take on the liberal mainstream media. Driven by one thing, the truth. Just give us a call, 844-LEVIN-TV, and we'll set you up a media. That's 844-LEVIN-TV, L-E-V-I-N-TV. Still struggling with the pneumonia. It takes a long damn time. We're in week three. Now, today's Friday, of course. <laughs> Government shutdown. Government shuts down when the uh, sun goes down. You know? Now, for Jewish people all over the world, the government, excuse me, the sun goes down, many Jewish people, and they stop working. So I'm figuring the government employees and their unions stole that idea. Sun goes down, and you stop working. Except not just Friday night, every night. Well, the sun went down. That's it. I'm done. But here's my point. Saturday at 10 p.m. <laughs> Sunday at 10 p.m. Eastern Time. Sunday. I really want you to have a new place to go. Turn on the little old Fox News channel. I will be on at 10 p.m. Eastern Time because we're actually turning that time slot into a real time slot. I already have people telling me, you know, see on the Internet, other people telling me, you know, Mark, that show with Walter Williams was really good. It was really cerebral. You know, but we want you to yell. We want you to get in somebody's face. We want fire and brimstone. Excuse me. That's not the point of that show. It's an hour-long sit-down. Why would I be yelling at Walter Williams, waving my finger in his face? This is a true test on whether or not in today's media world we can actually do a smart show. I'm not saying it's because I'm so smart, but a smart show where we take our time and we talk about things. Because I get the sense that for some people, they're so anxious, sitting on the edge of their chair, grinding their teeth, chewing their fingernails. They just need the boxing match. That's a bad hit. Hit him. Hit. Let's go. Hit. 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 He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post... Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. I'd say, in terms of policies, we've had a very, very bad several weeks. Very, very bad several weeks from a Trump-slash-Republican uh, perspective, at least my view of it, with uh, 
you know, Bernie Sanders, Herbert Hoover uh, trade ideas with a massive amnesty and with massive gun control. It's very disheartening. All right, I'll do a couple of these, but it's getting very, very boring because I debate this. Facts don't seem to matter, and I get the same emotional answers. All right, Fred, Elwood, Illinois, Sirius Satellite, go ahead. Okay, Mr. Levin, thank you, and um, I hope I don't bore you or frustrate you anymore, and I'm glad you're feeling a little bit better, even though you don't sound like you're doing that much better. But anyway, you know, Mr. Levin, I've been around a little bit while, and I know these tariffs. I remember NAFTA. And by, the, by, by the way, all of us have been around a little while. Well, that's the way it goes, I understand. But here's what it is. I think the tariffs are a good thing. It's going to bring jobs back to America. Tariffs don't bring jobs back to America. Well, Can you name one tariff? No, hold on. Let's get to the facts. I'm tired of the emotions. Can you name one tariff that brought jobs back to America, net jobs back to America? The last time we had a massive steel tariff, and by the way, there are 160 duties over the last many decades. They control 70% of production. The Chinese have 2% of American production. I'm asking you, and I told you, that the George W. Bush tariffs of the early 2000s resulted in the net loss of 200,000 American jobs. Can you show me one tariff that's created jobs, net jobs? Just tell me one. Can I ask you a question, Mr. Levin? No, you can't, can you? Yes, I can. Well, I don't well then know. tell me which one is it. Mark, please, please. You're Fred, smart. get out of here. You know, one of the things I can't stand is when somebody will not debate. Instead, can I ask you a question, Mark, please? please. Ladies and gentlemen, the answer is there's not a single tariff. That's why he won't answer it. He's called before. He's called before. There's not a single tariff that creates net jobs in the United States of America. Not one. Not one. I point out, 70% of the production of steel in this country is by American companies. Nobody cares. 70%. I point out that last year was a booming year for steel companies. They don't care. Well, then you know what? You're an ideologue. If your position is that you support it no matter what, then you're an ideologue. There's no debating an ideologue. If you're going to be an ideologue like Bernie Sanders, there's no debating you. There's just no debating you. And, of course, as I discussed yesterday, all the massive increases across the board from a can of soda, a can of soup, a can of beer... To an automobile, where those of you are getting a thousand or two thousand dollars back on your taxes in April, it's going to be gone if you buy a Ford pickup. It's going to be gone, gone. Give you back in one pocket, take it out of the other. And why? To subsidize industry that controls seventy percent of the production market. What is that? Well, Mark, national security. I said we control 70% of steel production in this country, American companies. It's not a national security issue. It's not. You have been fed. You know what these guys do, these billionaires who run these companies? They hire propagandists, PR types, lobbyists, on and on and on. Look how they have so many people believing that which is not believable. It's incredible. 
I bet you thought that China was dumping steel into the United States in such a massive measure that they're competing with American producers. They get 2%. Now, by the way, again, I will repeat, China is a sworn enemy. We must address China head on. But you don't address China by driving up the cost of a, of a Ford pickup truck to an American citizen. Or driving up the cost of a can of Campbell's soup to an American citizen. And Wilbur Ross going on saying, well, it's only less than a penny and so when Campbell says, no, it's not. It's significantly more. Because Wilbur Moss knows how Ross knows how to make a can of soup, you see. Knows everything. All the masterminds know everything. I don't care if they're wearing the Republican uniform or the Democrat uniform. So capitalism is under attack. The Second Amendment's under attack. And American sovereignty with amnesty is under attack. And they're under attack in a bipartisan Washington way. And then you get the line... But Trump's an outsider. See, he's playing this, playing it. What does that have to do with anything? Why would you spew that out? What does being an outsider have to do with this? There's many people who don't serve in government, ladies and gentlemen, who are outsiders, who are leftists or protectionists or pro-amnesty. They're outsiders. What does that have to do with anything? Nothing. Now, it has to do with everything. When it comes to their effort to destroy Trump and his family. But I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about a policy. But all we get from the people who support these tariffs and protectionism and argue like Bernie Sanders is emotion. That's all we get. Ah, come on, Mark. Ah, Mark. Ah, wait, Mark. That's all we get. You get any real arguments? Last time when I brought up NAFTA, which of course most conservative hosts won't, it's going to hurt my right hand I'm bringing up NAFTA and tariffs. And a, what a bunch of cowards for the most part, to be honest with you. I had a guy call here and say, look, since we've had NAFTA, we don't have domestic manufacturers of televisions. I said, most manufacturers of televisions are in Japan and South Korea. NAFTA involves the United States, Canada, and Mexico. So we become actually irrational in our thinking and irrational in our arguments. Because now we're ideologues. I gotta think of a reason why I like a tariff. Come on now. The president supports it, so I gotta support it. I got, I, I, I've gotta come up with reasons. Oh, national security. Well, that has nothing to do with it. Let's see. I gotta have another reason. Well, creates American jobs. Actually, the last time it was done, we lost 200,000 American jobs. That's a lot of families without jobs. Okay, I gotta think of something. What's Bernie Sanders say? Maybe I can borrow his talking points. Embrace liberty. Embrace capitalism. Embrace the market system. You're living in the greatest country on the face of the earth with the greatest amount of wealth on the face of the earth because we're capitalists. Say it. Say it. I'm a proud capitalist. Say it. Otherwise, you're going to sound like one of these Marxist socialist professors at some university. You know, I'm not so sure. And then the argument goes like this. Well, Mark, we have to have a safety net. Oh, we know. We're going broke with our safety nets. That's why we have a $200 trillion unfunded liability that our children and grandchildren are going to have to swallow. 
we're well beyond the safety net. We're redistributing wealth. We're redistributing wealth. Then I get a caller in here. You know, Mark, I'm as conservative. I'm as conservative as the day is long. But you know what? I believe in a universal minimum wage. What is this? So I find myself here, Mr. Producer, often defending Americanism, private property rights, entrepreneurship, individual liberty. It's the craziest damn thing. And then people say, don't you support creating jobs in America? More than any protectionist on the face of the earth, I do. Because tariffs don't create jobs. They kill jobs. Everybody doesn't work in a steel mill. Everybody doesn't cut down trees. And these are, by the way, very honorable men and women who do this. And that's not even my point. But there's honorable men and women in all walks of life who work very hard in different jobs, in different ways, using different talents. You know, they have a right, too. To work and live and feed their family, put a little money aside. They're not subsidized for the most part. Tariffs only hurt them for the most part. Tariffs are a tax on the American people. The money goes to the federal treasury. It is like the least conservative thing imaginable. Well, you know, Mark, in the Constitution there's tariffs. Really? Oh, yeah, no, I didn't know. But of course there are. Because that's how they funded the federal government, essentially. There was no federal income tax. But the goal of tariffs is not to redistribute the wealth. We're well beyond that. We've so far left pure capitalism and free markets, it's not even funny. Well, you know, Mark, I favor free markets, but I want fair markets. I favor free trade, but I want fair trade. Guess what? There's no such thing as fair trade. What does that mean, fair trade? I don't even know what it means. While level playing field. What does that mean? Tell me, when we trade with a third world country, is it a level playing field? I don't even know what that means. They accuse us all the time of stealing their wealth, their minerals, being colonialists and imperialists. I guess they don't think it's fair trade in a level playing field. And they're wrong, of course. We should embrace capitalism, ladies and gentlemen. Look around you. Look at what we, you, your ancestors have created. Wasn't socialism that gave us electricity? Wasn't socialism that gave us clean running water? Wasn't socialism that gave us mobility through the automobile and motorcycles and trucks and so forth and airplanes? It's not socialism that keeps food on our shelves and our grocery stores and supermarkets. It's not socialism that puts a roof over your head. It's not socialism that puts food on your table. So why do we like it so much? And why do we hate the very system that gives us sustenance and happiness? I'll be right back. CNN today. Cut seven, Mr. Producer. Go. Here with guns, it's a typical pattern. With the bipartisan group and with the camera lights on, his instincts were to do the right thing. 
to make sure that felons and uh, those adjudicated mentally ill uh, could not get guns by closing these loopholes of gun shows and online purchases. Right, right, that right, was right. the right... Stop, please. Gun show purchases loophole. Now, you know, John Lott's been on this program, and we've done our own research here. <clears throat> Has anybody been killed in any of these mass murders in a gun show loophole? Does anybody know what the gun show loophole is? You know what the gun show loophole is? And notice the phraseology. It's not a loophole. If a private citizen chooses to sell a, a, a weapon to another private citizen, they don't have to go through all this FBI background check stuff. It's expensive. You know, most of us aren't trained to do it. We don't even know who to send the forms to. And it's not an issue when it comes to... Uh, murder in this country, these so-called gumshow loopholes. So they just throw everything against the wall. And, of course, since half the countries and every a country has never even held a gun, maybe some of more than half, this all sounds persuasive to them. Oh, a gun loophole? Cut the loophole. We don't want loopholes. Go ahead. Because it would have saved thousands of lives. No, it wouldn't have saved thousands of lives. If you'd get rid of the cafe sanders, it would save tens of thousands of lives. But you have no idea about that. You have no plan on doing that. Go ahead. Politically, because 90% of America's for it. And then the hard... 90% of America's for what? I bet 90% of America hates your guts. What's that have to do with anything? Go ahead. It puts pressure on him, in this case the NRA, and he does total 180 degree... The NRA is putting pressure on him, you see. Does it sound like to you over the last several days that the NRA has put pressure on Donald Trump or the other way around? Always the boogeyman. Always the boogeyman. And by the way, no discussion at CNN at all that the NEA and the AFT, the two massive teachers unions who provide the uh, Democrat Party with millions of uh, precinct workers and hundreds of millions of dollars, uh, that the NEA and the AFT are trying to block efforts to actually secure our schools. It's called secure our schools, not eviscerate the Bill of Rights. And we can have both, you know, the Bill of Rights and school safety, the extent that it's possible. But Chuck Schumer doesn't want to talk about arming professionals in the classroom in our schools. And he never does. And CNN sure as hell isn't going to call him out on it. Go ahead. It makes one think the president has no convictions, that he just says what's convenient at the moment. But more importantly, it makes... So here, here's Trump meeting them more than halfway. And it's not enough, because it's never enough. I reminded you of Nixon last time. When Nixon thought he was in trouble, he tried to carry favor with the left and the media. And so he started to do things they might not normally do. The EEOC, OSHA, affirmative action... More liberals on the bench, you know, stuff, wage and price controls. You know, he's trying to, uh, you know, win favor with the left. And they hated this guy. They took everything he gave, and then they uh, cut him off at the knees. Do you think for one second, if Trump gives them what they want on immigration, on trade, and on guns, that they'll want to work with him on other stuff, that they won't try to take the House and impeach him? Of course not. Go ahead. Feel that when America really needs something, when America's crying out. Since when does Chuck Schumer speak for America? Did Chuck Schumer speak for America? When did that happen? 
Chuck Sumer, spokesman for America. Uh, I don't know when that happened. Go ahead. Prevent future parklands. The president just succumbs to the pressure group that puts the most heat on him, in this case, the NRA. I see. And the gun control advocates, Bloomberg and the rest of the kooks, they're putting pressure on you, Chuck? Go to cut eight, please. Go. I think the leaders, the Republican leaders of the House and Senate, know that politically their position is backward and wrong. But they're so afraid of the NRA that they're... Uh, that's enough. If, if you're like me, you can't take it anymore. This guy is a serial liar and a scoundrel. Chuck Schumer. A serial liar and a scoundrel. More in the NRA, the NRA, the NRA. All the Solinsky tactics, which the Democrats use. See, the Republican position is backward and wrong. I don't know what they're talking about. A lot of Republicans are buckling. A lot of them. And the president has basically given them an awful lot on the uh, gun control side. He really has. We'll see how this thing shakes out. But nothing will ever be enough for Schumer. You need to understand that. You can give him everything he wants today, and I'll want more tomorrow. And that's typical of the progressive. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Show the pool feed for the conservative media. Dive in now. 877-381-3811. I want to remind you there's another way. We've got like a dozen ways to listen to this program, but here's a new way to listen to the Mark Levin show this year. You can now hear me on your Amazon Echo device. Do you have an Amazon Echo device? You can now hear me on it. Here's what you do. Just say Alexa. Enable the Mark Levin Show skill. That's it, and you're set. Alexa, enable the Mark Levin Show skill, and you'll connect with me instantly. And then after that, all you have to say is, Alexa, open Mark Levin Show. Alexa, open Mark Levin Show. Then you're set. Okay? So on your Amazon Echo device, those of you who know what I'm talking about and have one, you set it up by saying, Alexa, enable the Mark Levin Show skill. And then after that, all you ever have to say is, Alexa, open Mark Levin Show. If you want to learn more about this, go to our radio website, marklevinshow.com, marklevinshow.com, search word, Alexa. It's that simple. Now, imagine going without food for weeks after disaster. A hurricane, an earthquake, a tornado, just a horrific event. Finally, a FEMA truck rolls through your neighborhood a few days later, maybe. Drops off a care package, maybe. Inside is mostly junk food, potato chips, chocolate bars, even expired MREs. This is exactly what happened to the people of Puerto Rico after Maria. You should avoid all of this. Here's what you should do for your family right now. Trust My Patriot Supply to help you build a solid emergency food storage plan. This time, they've really come through, too. This week, this week only, get their two-week emergency food supply, only $67. Exactly, 67 bucks. Two weeks' worth of food for 67 bucks. The kit normally sells for twice that amount, but not this week. And by the way, last time I checked, 
This week ends now. So you need to act immediately. Call 800-294-2325. 800-294-2325. Ask for the Mark Levin two-week food kit special price of $67. Or order a preparewithmark.com. That's preparewithmark.com. No more waiting around for FEMA. Look, there is some, you know, pleasure in knowing that you're prepared for whatever comes. And it's time to do that. You want your family to be self-reliant. Call 800, excuse me, 800-294-2325 or preparewithmark.com. Gets into the later of the show. We're going to try and shake this pneumonia. This weekend is a good time to try and do it, isn't it? Oh, hell. <coughs> Damn phone call screen. Can I have a call, please, Mr. Producer? Sheldon in Valencia, California. Go right ahead. Hey, Mark, first of all, is really... Awesome to see you and Hanny last night. I appreciate your courage and, and tenacity. My wife and I really enjoyed that. It was really, yeah, it's really important. Stuff. Where are you going to be Sunday night, 7 p.m. in California? Where Sunday? Valencia. Yep. I'll be at I'll be at I'll be at the Levin show. I, am I, am That's I out, it, man? baby. That's it. Right. Thank you. Go right ahead. Listen, small business guy. Here I am. Uh, it seems like big business guys don't care about this, but you know, small guys. I got a a piece of equipment I manufacture for restaurants almost 40 years. Aluminum. Cast mm-hmm. aluminum, sheet aluminum. Why? Now you raise my prices? Yep. I was going to, if I always do tax cuts, I was going to expand my business. I had <sighs> enough to deal with the minimum wage going up. No one talks like a workman comp bod on that. Now I have to go out and get new bank financing, rearrange my finances because I raised my cost of goods. Wonderful. Were you invited to speak to the president when the steel company executives were there? Well, you know what? It's, a, it's all it is about their pensions, man. If you have twenty percent of the market, you have control of the market. Seventy percent? Give me a break! They're trying to monopolize it. They want well, you know what's interesting? Your point is actually quite brilliant. If there is a company that controls seventy percent of the market, usually the antitrust division steps in. Well, then this and now we have our steel companies, domestic production. They control seventy percent. Well, what are they supposed to control? A hundred percent? Should there be no competition whatsoever? You, got, you have to go to the banks and get new uh, bigger loans because they want their price. <laughs> the banks love it. But, but, but I want to get back on. to your point. You produce, you're a small businessman, you produce, what do you produce? Manufacture a piece of restaurant equipment for restaurants. It's a patented, two patents on it. Believe it or not, it's a Belgian waffle baking system. Oh, I love Belgian waffles. These are special, man. Are <laughs> but the point is you use aluminum? Yep. I use, I use food-grade cast aluminum for rentals. And uh, it's heavy cast. My electric elements are steel cladded, and then the sheet metal trays and the rest of the machines all special sheet metal aluminum. I mean, it's like, and then you talk about restaurants trying to open up. Everything in a restaurant sheet metal and steel, man. You give me a break. The ducting, everything. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> by the way, cold. last time I checked, most HVAC systems in your home. That's sheet metal too. Yeah. People need I- to realize how much metal's in your home. It's not just lumber. Well, look, well, Trump's not building any build, buildings, I guess, in the USA. We'll have to iron his hotels. What's he going to do? I guess but also, over- look, look at, look at, uh, what? I mean, you're looking at the basic stuff. 
All right, look, Sheldon, I wish you well. Good call. I appreciate it. Kelly, Waterford, Michigan, on the Mark Levin app. How are you? Um, hi, Mark. I hope you're feeling better. You sound better. Um, I, I, I really don't understand tariffs that well, but I keep hearing you talk about the metal, and I'm, I'm wondering how drastic the impact will be for, uh, like, air. Let me explain tariffs. A tariff is the federal government putting a excise tax on something that's shipped into America from another country. So let's just play along. Let's say it's 25%, and you're sending in a ton of steel from Canada. Well, on top of everything else that's charged for that steel to come in, and there's already duties and everything else, there's going to be another 25% added. And then it comes into the United States, and it goes into production to build other things and so forth. But domestic steel companies can raise their prices too. They may not raise it by 25% because they want their prices to be somewhat lower than what's coming through the, the, uh, the border, but maybe they'll raise them 10%. The point is the pressure is to drive up the cost of this product, and you drive it up, and it resonates throughout the economy, driving up prices in all ways and every way in which that product is used. You're the end user, Kelly. So if you buy a can of soup, a can of soda, can of beer, an automobile, a hubcap, a pen, uh, a new piece of kitchen equipment, a, a cupcake pan, uh, a silverware, which mostly isn't silver, any of these things, any of these things, all of these things, you need a new HVAC system, the price will be substantially more. You want to go out and buy a, a pickup truck or, or a regular sedan and so forth, the price will be substantially higher. And it also contributes to inflation. But you have businesses that are going to expand less, that are going to produce less, and they're going to lay off people who use these products. And that's why every case in which this has been done, it's been a net loss for American jobs overall. A net loss. And it doesn't help these industries either. If you control 70% of the production of steel in the United States, what the hell is it? That's not enough? Sounds like a lot to me. Now, how is this going to impact uh, even our military with wow. guns and ammo? And how well, about guess what? You make an excellent point. I pointed this out the other day. The military uses a hell of a lot of steel in tanks, in helicopters, in jets, in ships, in uh, in, in armament, in armor rather in uh, uh, weapons, in ammunition. So you're going to pour all this money into rebuilding the military, and you're going to have to take now a big chunk out of that in order to, in essence, yes, you're taxing the military because it's the private sector that builds these things, not actually the military, and you drive up the costs. So yes, you'll have less tanks, less jets, less of everything. No question about it. Yeah, that's not good then. Not good at all. I didn't think it was good anyways, but I was... Yeah, but if they're saying this is a national security concern, isn't that a national security concern? Oh, indeed it is. It most definitely. Kelly, excellent point. Thank you for your call. Car show, ladies and gentlemen. We love, as you know, our 2010 Camaro. 
It's reached that age where things are starting to go wrong. I don't worry about those problems anymore, though. Not since I got extended vehicle service protection from CarShield. Getting covered by CarShield is such a great idea. It's affordable protection that can save you thousands for a covered repair. New fuel pump costs over $500. Replacing a water pump's over $1,000. And if you need repairs to a control arm or torque converter, well, you're going to learn what those are relatively quickly, and you're going to pay thousands of dollars to fix them. They even have plants that cover your car's computer and GPS and electronics and more. CarShield's the ultimate in extended coverage, and they get your favorite mechanic or dealership paid directly. Let me ask you a question. Do you have an older car? It doesn't have to be a clunker. Do you have an older car? Is it protected? I don't know what you're waiting for. CarShield is wonderful. Sign up today and get 24-7 roadside assistance and a rental car while yours is in the shop. Save yourself from high repair bills. Get covered by CarShield like I did before something goes wrong. Call 800-CAR-6100. Mention code LEVIN or visit carshield.com. Use code LEVIN to save 10%. That's 800-CAR-6100 or carshield.com. Code LEVIN. A deductible may apply. Committee on the House side, Devin Nunes, the chairman, for a full hour. We're going to go over everything in a comprehensive, I hope compelling, and very plain English, understandable way about what's been taking place. I hope you'll watch. I hope you'll have family members watch, because I think you'll learn a lot, and you're really going to uh, find it bracing and compelling. Uh, But that'll be this Sunday night, 10 p.m. Eastern. 7 p.m. Pacific, you know the time, whatever time it is where you are. And I hope you'll check it out because uh, uh, there's a lot going on here that we don't know about. We're going to know about a lot more. And this is your country in the end, right? In the following week, I have an unbelievable interview, too. I'm not allowed to mention it yet. But uh, the program really has taken off thanks to you. People are very, very excited about it. We're getting a lot of uh, interest Of course, the media, the lib media, Media Matters, which is really a left-wing hack site, and one other one, very boring. You can't win with them, so you don't worry about them. Yeah, this discussion about liberty, we we can't really follow it. Steve, Lansing, Michigan, how are you? Hey, Mark. Um Real quick, I just wanted to say thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. It's a huge honor. Thank um, you. Before I get to my main point, um, what I, if I could say something about Chuck we're Schumer. Gonna run, we're going to run out of time. So to, we're going to run out of time, so you need to okay. get going. Um, my, my main point is uh, what's going to happen to the rule of law when you laid it out brilliantly at the beginning that what's, what they're doing against Trump, it's wrong and Everything we see against uh, Hillary Clinton and the Obama administration, all the things that they've done that we see, I don't know how to accept when they don't pursue that in a serious way, but yet they're pursuing Donald Trump in a way that is just um, lawless. What is your question? Well, what happens to the rule of law when... Well, there is no rule of law. When the law is applied differently to the people. See, that's what the framers meant by equality, equal justice under law. No matter who you are, the law would apply to you as 
best as possible the same way as anyone else. That clearly hasn't taken place here. Right. I don't worry about me. I worry about my kids. It's the country that is left. I mean, I'm still here. I'm, I'm going to be 50 in another year, but I still I got a while. But that's my kids that I worry about in their generations and the, the fact that America, America has founded won't, won't be what we love. Well, it's much to be concerned about. No question about it. Thank you for your call. I appreciate it. You know, folks, well, I'm very grateful for you. I really am. It's been a tough three weeks as I uh, basically have one lung that is providing me with uh, sustenance and air. And I know at times it's very difficult. I get very frustrated. I've been off here and there, you know, because of my doctor told me you got to rest now and then. But I'm very excited. Next week we'll be back full board.
week is officially over. The weekend begins now. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel. Good night, Spritey. Good night, Griffey. Good night, Pepsi. Good night, Smokey. And good night, Zelda. Again, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. You Levinites out there, there's no better people, no better audience. I'll see you on Sunday, 10 p.m. Eastern on the Fox News Channel. Have a wonderful week.